Hello, my fanist friends. Welcome to my podcast feed. Powered by ACAS Plus, here's a joke from my son. What did the bum say to the other bum? That's a bummer. You know, not for everyone. Uh, so, uh, look, thanks to everyone who's come to see the previews of Can I Have My Ball Back. It's been going really, really well, and uh, I'm really pleased with how the show's turning out. It's officially on tour now from Wednesday. I'll be at the Leicester Square Theatre. A couple of tickets left. Lots of press coming to that one. It'd be lovely to sell out, but there are a few other London gigs not selling as well. So if you're going to come to London... Maybe look up those other London gigs. And then this week I'll be in St Albans on Thursday, Gloucester on Friday, Chorley on Saturday, which is sold out. You can join the waiting list. And Glasgow on Sunday, two shows. I think the earlier show is sold out. Check with the venue, but the later show has some availability. Come along if you can. If you enjoy these podcasts and like them being free, then the great way to pay me back is to buy a ticket to a show or buy a download or a book from gofasterstripe.com. But you can just keep listening for free as well. That pays me back also. So, you know, no no pressure. But I'd love to see you there. If you just know me from the podcast and don't know me as a stand-up, I'm pretty good as a stand-up. It's a good show. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's only made about seven men faint so far. So, you know, are you brave enough to take the challenge? Let's sit back, relax and enjoy whichever podcast you're listening to now. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Clapham Grand. Please welcome a man who almost made an indecent proposal to his friend's wife. It's Richard Herring. Thank you very much. Oh, hello. It's lovely to see you all. Welcome to the Clapham Grand uh, and welcome to... Uh, let's get the right page. They can add that about and I'll look brilliant. Should be near the back. Ah, oh, here we are. We're nearly there. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Richard Herring's Loathsome Sweaty Torso podcast. Got a very, I've got, I don't know if it's just me. 53 years old. I started exercising again really stink I really when I exercise I really stink it's terrible never use my sweat and even to myself I think that is a bad smell might talk about it later <laughs> might, I might let you all have a sniff I've not been let me know if it starts smelling weird it smells like cabbages <laughs> if you start smelling cabbages madam let me know it's because I'm eating a lot of vegetables it's like my whole body has become asparagus wheat it's like if I eat if I eat cruciferous vegetables, it comes out of every pore, which I do for breakfast. That's, you could look like me, mate, if you, 
I mean, you're both skinnier than I am. I don't know why I picked on you. You might, you might get your hair back, though. That might happen. Uh, but I was talking... I'm going to put my glasses on. I don't know why I'm pretending I can read when I can't. I was, uh, I was looking at my magic eye picture uh, the other day. I've been looking at it for about 30 years. been unable to see what it was. But uh, I, this time I saw it, it was saying Rahulastopus. I don't know if that's going to... I don't know if that's going to catch on. So, um, yes, uh, I, uh, I did make, uh, an, I almost made an indecent proposal to my, um, one of my good friend's wives uh, because um, it was kind of bedtime. I was with the kids and the kids were dicking around with my watch and saying, hey, Siri, and that's going to do it. Uh, my son said, hey, Siri, play London Bridge is Falling Down because he loves London Bridge is Falling Down. So, of course, Siri started playing uh, London Bridge is Falling Down by Kirsty McColl. Because that's what the three-year-olds want to listen to. That's his series very good. And they were dicking around with the watch a bit, but I don't know. And I said, all right, come on, we should go to bed, because it was bedtime. And then my phone made a bleep, and I looked down at it. It says, do you want to send text message to wife of my good friend, saying we should go to bed? <laughs> uh, and it's worse than that, because my friend actually died about 18 months ago, so it's actually my best friend's widow was about to get a text saying we should go to bed they haven't, haven't contacted her very much since the funeral but I've left at 18 months we should go to bed what do you think and then I've got to press the make sure I press the right buttons I go my god oh my god I'm trying to my wife is luckily sitting right beside me so I can tell this story and she will believe that it I mean, if that had been, you know, that's quite exciting. If it had said, didn't send, luckily, I stopped it. But I still had to go and check my phone to see that I hadn't accidentally sent it. Because it's hard to get out of that, isn't it? Especially if she texts it back and goes, yeah, fine. Let's go for it. 18 months, isn't it? You're right, we should. So, you know, I don't know if, the, I don't know if Siri is trying to ruin my life or just make my life a lot more interesting. Yeah, there could be a, there could be a, it's like, that's just like, I was so, I, I still kind of can't feel so terrible about the possibility that that could have, what, what would have happened if I'd sent, and now I've said it, it's going to fucking send this. So I'm talking to my phone, I, you know, the possibility of that going and then having to go, oh no, didn't, I mean it, oh fuck, I'm cringing with embarrassment. Um, and I have been, uh, I have been trying to get fit as well. Uh, it's going quite well. I, I, I row uh, six kilometres three times a week at the moment. Uh, on, you know, I don't leave the house. It's on a rowing machine. I go, I've been running every other day. I'm running a half marathon in November. It's all coming together uh, pretty well. But you do, you do stink. I, the, I was at the zoo uh, yesterday, uh, and, I, and my daughter, who's now six years old, she's a big six-year-old, or she's tall. Uh, and I carried her around the zoo for about ten minutes without having to put her down. I'm getting pretty strong. So cancer's going to regret meddling with me. I'm going to... It's come for me, and I'm going to show it that I am indestructible. I cannot die. Uh, so if you feel like sponsoring me for that half marathon, it's uh, justgiving.com uh, slash monoball. Uh, and, um, you know, I made a sacrifice for you, and uh, that, is, uh, that money will go to the NHS, the people who've uh, dealt with uh, my issue. I don't know why I'm thanking them. They cut off my bollock and... Then gave me chemotherapy, made me feel very sick. So I just, they should be giving me money, right? They got, they could raffle that bollock off, and they could make themselves. You, there's people in this room who pay good money. For, I can tell you that right now. Anyway, my guest this week is probably best known for playing audition judge 
in genie in the house. That's why we're here. Our people stunned into silence just remembering that performance. Will you please welcome the amazing Izzy Sooty, ladies and gentlemen. It's Izzy Sooty. Yes. From Genie in the House. Hello. Hello. How I was are... wondering what you were going to pick. Uh, yeah, I picked Genie, Genie in the House. house yep. How was that? Do you remember much about Genie in the House? I remember that I tried to do RP. Okay. Um, receive pronunciation, like yep. newsreaders, and everyone thought I was doing Australian. It was one of my first telly jobs. It was. It was before. It was 2008. Yeah. So it was, it was the same year as you were on Peep Show, I think. Oh, right. Yeah. So maybe it was just, so before, just before Peep Show. Yeah. Luckily, I didn't try to do Dobby in Australian. <laughs> Learned my lesson on Genie in the House. <laughs> it was a good show, Genie in the House. I think we all remember Genie in the House. <laughs> do, you get, do, you, do you and the guys from Genie in the House ever get to get like that? I imagine the improvisation, my dear Mark Watson, you're always... Improvisation, my dear Mark Watson, they're the number one gang yeah. every weekend. Yeah, act together. Yeah. That's such a shame what happened there. Um, <laughs> do you know, I was saying this back to you backstage, but I can't believe it. You've been on before eight years ago. It's eight years since you were last on this show, which doesn't seem as possible, but it, it seems like yesterday to me. I know, and I still remember some of the stuff. That, I remember you made me put out like 15 matches yeah. in my mouth. I did. Well, I don't think which... I made you do. I think you probably suggested. I don't think... No, you made did me. Did I, did you? Yeah. <laughs> never, you've never done it before. Never done it. <laughs> I do it to every guest. You said, if you want to come on this podcast again in eight years, you've got to put out 15 matches. No, that used to be my party trick to impress boys. Yeah. I don't want to repeat material from eight years no. ago. But if anyone wants to, like, it's a really quirky way of getting guys to get off with you. Um, if you can put matches out in your mouth. Um, I found when I was Did 14. it work a lot for you? I'm not sure yeah. that would. I suppose it, you think if they can... If she can do that with matches, imagine... What she, what, what she can do with my dick? dick? <laughs> I mean... what, if it's on fire. <laughs> my dick's on fire. <laughs> if my dick is on fire, yeah. she could, yeah. Um, I built up, I, yeah, built up, which you may remember, from one match to 15. But then it all backfired. So I used to, it's all to do with confidence, like so many things are. And I could do 15 when I was 15, having built up from one clasping them all and then just depriving them of oxygen essentially and then I tried to do it in Earlsfield um, <laughs> when I was about 28, 29 and I couldn't do it and I just burnt my mouth yeah, yeah. be terrible if that's the way you died <laughs> <laughs> yeah it'd be such a sort of pathetic way, not even like trying to do it the first time and failing <laughs> trying to repeat something from your teenage years and, <laughs> yeah. well I was listening today to your uh, podcast um uh, the Things We Do For Love, which you did four episodes of in 2017. thought, yeah, that, and they're good. And you thought, oh, I'll just leave that. And now you're returning to it, and you'll have four years to do some more episodes. So that's good. Uh, but um, what I liked about it was, I listened to the John Robbins one, which is the first one, in which John Robbins is very drunk and very indiscreet. Uh, He's and it's, so indiscreet, isn't he? It's just one of the... I was running, and I had to stop running. It's the kind of thing... It's the kind of thing people uh, email me to tell me about. They tell me how they were driving, they have to pull over or they're going to die, because I'm so funny. Yeah. Um, I hope someone listening to that laughed sarcastically and then crashed. That would be great. <laughs> oh, fuck! Ah! I mean, and those are the people who email you. There must be people who laugh so much they do crash and die. Absolutely, and they don't, you they never don't find get, out. You know, find out yeah. And I'd love to know. So if, you, if, you, if that happens, please text someone and say, it was Richard Herring who did this. 
he killed me. Um, Anyways, but but what I think I've done one, of course, because I'm in the new series. Yes. We, we did it remotely. Yeah. I can't remember. I'm, but you're very good at getting people to open up. I think you're incredibly good at getting people to open up. But what I really like about it is talking about those the ridiculous things you especially did as teenagers and you know even younger to try and impress the opposite sex. Yeah. And it's it's a sort of it's a very good. I mean, I know you've tapped it, but it's a largely untapped thing because it's even John sort of in the one he did is too embarrassed really to. He's still cringing with embarrassment. I think you're yeah, and actually people think they haven't. And when Nick Helm did it, he was like, I didn't really used to do anything. And then you always find stuff. You're like, oh yeah, that time I constructed a house out of soda bread because they said they loved it oh yeah you know yeah. You, you remember like yeah it's weird i think you bury things as well because you're so embarrassed yeah well you in this one you which i think you do talk about in your book as well is that you talk about having made a, a penguin a papier mache penguin uh, called roy to yeah. to impress someone who was not Im- who was not impressed uh, it was yes. an attempt to rescue a relationship it was an attempt to rescue a relationship um and i hit his favourite animal, animals were penguins. And we'd been to London Zoo and there was a penguin called Roy who was like a bit slower than the others at getting fish. And um, we felt really sorry for him because he was always left behind. We remember that his name was called Roy. So I thought, well, how can I save this relationship? And I always had in my mind, like, this is how I've always thought. It's like, if I put enough work in, everything will be all right. Yeah. Like, so it was like, if I devote all this time to it, he will carry on going out with me forever. That's the way things work. <laughs> so I had to... And I never do things by halves. Some people would have made a little penguin. I was like, right, it's going to be a fucking massive penguin. It was like six feet high. It was higher, higher than me. Having never constructed... I'm not anyone who, like, works with their hands. You know, people seem to instinctively know how to do, like... I don't know, work with wire and stuff. And I'm just like... I did ceramics GCSE, actually, but... um, I just put loads of clay through a mincer right. and made a 3D Weetabix box that, again, was about six foot high. <laughs> fucking ages. That was my whole GCSE course. Did work. you not think about making a ceramic penguin thing? You had the skill in that area? That's a good idea, but I didn't. You've got to have, um, like, I'd forgotten stuff like how to get air bubbles out of clay and I didn't have okay. access to a kiln. But a kiln. that's a very good point. If anyone's thinking of making a penguin with someone and they have access to a kiln, yes. that would have been so much better than what I made. Um, but I went to a builder's merchant in East Dulwich where I lived then and spent this is on the first day like 50 quid on wire <laughs> like a big roll of wire and I didn't understand how to bend it so I just left it in the shape of the roll and I was like well that'll have to be his body um, and I was glad that the decision had been made for me I was like that has to be his body because I don't understand how to bend it and it's really stiff so I can't bend it into any other position then I decided to build shelves into his stomach because as I said I don't do things by heart so I built shelves into his stomach then covered him with papier-mâché and I was like what shall I do with the head because it's the most important bit so I got the light shade down from my, uh, from my light in my room and I stuffed it with pages of the Daily Mail which I got free from the news agent down the road which presumably meant if he'd come from if he'd come to life he would have had some really interesting opinions <laughs> um, but he did not um, and I stuffed it with uh, yeah stuffed it with those covered his face with papier-mâché and then did the beak and then his head could go at any angle and the angle of the head really changed the vibe <laughs> of Roy like if he looked sad anyway because his shelves were never used <laughs> Never. No. 
Um, but if you put his head on one side, he looked so sad, like really melancholy. But anyway, I had to take him on the bus and everyone was asking questions. Is it a badger? Um, what, what are you doing? Where are you going with that? Um, it was like the only time in London people have ever spoken to right. each other. Yeah. Um, and then I got it to his door and it was clear. It, <laughs> it was just... But the thing is, right... If you do a big romantic... And it's very interesting, what is romance? Is that romantic if he doesn't want the gift? <laughs> I don't know if it is. I think romance is only romance when both parties find it nice. Yeah. Well, that, but that's love, isn't it? Love's only nice when both... It's like if, yeah. if it's, what, it's unrequited love... Uh, yeah, that's is, true. ...is just stalking. Giving yes. someone a giant penguin they don't want is a, stra- is a strange thing, you know, and from... From his point of view, this is probably a different story. No, <laughs> she brought this giant penguin. It was so taller than me. She wanted me to keep my DVDs in it. <laughs> I don't even remember seeing the penguin at the zoo. She kept going on about. Yeah. I mean, it's to, even Richard Curtis wouldn't put that in one of his, even in his least believable films. No, and it wouldn't, would it go into one of those kind of quirky American lo-fi films, do you think, from about eight years ago? Where... <laughs> yeah, it could, what, the sort of, where, where the kook, the, a very, very kooky, lovable female pr- protagonist. Yes. It could go into one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, With a kind of geeky guy and they meet at a house party, she makes him a penguin and he's made her a donkey at the same time. <laughs> Although I still feel she would get it for the wrong... Even in that film, she'd give it to the wrong guy who would think it was ridiculous. Yeah. And then maybe some guy would go, hey, I like your gigantic penguin that I can keep things in. Yes. Sad penguin. Let's get together. Yeah. Maybe that would be it. Maybe you should have waited until you met someone... Maybe you did. I mean, maybe you've been giving this penguin to everyone ever since. Yes, I took until... it with me, and then now it's the litmus test. <laughs> um, I take them to the zoo. I say, look at that little penguin. He's not getting any fish. Do you want a penguin? Um, <laughs> he, put him in, he put Roy. Roy stayed in the corner of the room and then watched our sexless relationship <laughs> dissolve. Uh, and then he got put in the attic. Roy or the boyfriend? um, The boyfriend. (laughs) Okay. Um, Roy got put in the attic, the boyfriend moved. Okay. Um, And when I appeared on Would I Lie to You, I, with the ex-boyfriend's permission, the producer of Would I Lie to You went to the old flat (laughs) because they liked the Roy story, um, thought it painted me in a great light um, (laughs) and wanted Roy to appear on Would I Lie to You, which would have been really lovely. Yeah. And so the producer went to the flat and the woman kindly let her in and let her up into the (laughs) attic and Roy wasn't there. Oh, my God. I know. It had come to life. It's a new film. (laughs) (laughs) The killer, Papier Maché Penguin. But imagine, like, buying that or renting that house out next and and discovering that... Probably someone smashed it to pieces when they thought it was an intruder in their attic. Yes. A giant crow. Do you know what? If I move, we are going to move later in the year. If I found a papier mache penguin in the attic, give me a cheer if you'd love that. One, two, three. Yeah. Yeah, my, okay. don't, these are not a cross section of society that you should be <laughs> <laughs> They would like if they found anything in their attic that they could pretend was their friend, these people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love you. Not everyone gets my meanness, though. Some people think I mean it. I don't, yeah, I do. 
So they are correct. But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very... Why, why, the, why the long gap between... I mean, it's, it's kind of weird to just do four in a series. No, what I happened? Really did, you, did you just have stuff to do, Izzy? Because yeah, I, I do a podcast like, every week because I don't have anything to do. I felt like I kind of conquered podcasts. Yeah, I think did. Four. <laughs> Who did I do? Uh, John Robbins, Nick Helm, Josh Widdicombe and Danielle Ward, I think. Yes. Um, why yeah, it, why the gap? Um... Just had other shit to do. I don't yeah. know. I had a kid, did I? Twenty seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. I had another kid. Yeah. Um, I did. Yeah. And then we recorded one with Josie, uh, and then she wanted some stuff taken out of it, and then that went on for years where she didn't listen to it, and right. uh, I didn't listen to it either. And no, so we are going to release that. We've just recorded loads, as you yeah. as you said. So. Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad. I think it's a really uh, good idea. Why do you think you're so? Why is it? I mean, I think maybe it's. Is it just your honesty that once you've talked about that yeah, penguin, I, there's nowhere. Yeah, I think if you don't say I made a gigantic penguin for someone who was falling out of love with me, yeah. you can't expect people to be like, I don't know, <laughs> drained my own blood into a locket and gave it to them, and they didn't want to go out with me anymore. Like people do admit weird stuff that they've done and yeah i i think that you have to lay yourself on the line too i don't think it's fair otherwise yeah but even like because there's a story in um your book the actual one about when you went for your smear test did the nurse kind of opened up to you about her problems with her yeah that was god yeah so i went for my smear test i had so i had one abnormal smear which was fine in the end but I remember, so I always remembered that I had to have smears on Valentine's Day because that was, and I had to have them yearly. So it was also really romantic to go for a smear test on Valentine's Day. But it meant I always remembered to go. So when I went, she said, when was your last smear? And I said, Valentine's Day last year. Um, and then, yeah, she just ended up, she was telling me about uh, lots of stuff about her family and there was a lot of stuff going on and it was like a very sad situation and she hadn't even started doing the smear <laughs> at that point um and then i lay down and she got out this laminated sheet of how to do a smear test and i was thinking are you really a nurse like <laughs> um, and then she did it but and i hadn't worn a skirt which girls in the audience you will know it's better to wear a skirt during a smear test or you just end up with like a top and your socks on <laughs> like you're kind of a british man having sex in a carry-on film like, you know, like, with like a short t-shirt and socks i was like what the fuck so then she started crying so she hadn't got the thing up um she i was lying there naked she'd looked at the laminated sheet we've had this heart to heart i'm sure i must have opened up to her yeah because i do it without thinking i don't know if the penguin thing had happened then i think it might have been around that time maybe i told her about the penguin and in return she'd opened up to me we felt very close to each other um and the procedure hadn't begun and then she started crying so i got up and hugged her except i was naked from the waist down and she was obviously in a nurse's uniform so it was fine but i remember thinking god if someone walks in now like what how could you explain it i told her about a penguin and she, um and then, yeah, then the smear yeah. took place. The smear was fine. And it was the all, smear was fine. It was all yeah. fine. Thank goodness yeah. for that. Yeah. Was I'm just, I can't stop thinking about the laminated sheet. It's good to have it laminated for that situation. You don't want to... Yeah. So you just have to keep photocopying it and put it <laughs> printing up a new it's one. It's like a menu, greasy menu at a restaurant <laughs> in Alicante. <laughs> 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So I can't remember because we, we did it last, we did our one last year during lockdown. I can't remember what I said in it even now. I'm sure I said Oh, that. you did say stuff. Did I yeah. say a lot of stuff? Absolutely. You, yeah, you were, you were great. I was like, yeah. that doesn't sound good. I'm very, <laughs> I'm very private. I like to keep my private life very private, so I don't usually talk about <laughs> my bollock. Um, I was thinking about, you know, you're saying you're auctioning it off. Yeah. Have I, have I ever told you about the wart on my head? No, I don't but, think so. Okay, so in Edinburgh Festival in 2005, I did the Comedy Zone, which you... No, did, I didn't. No, 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 I never did you it. Didn't do Sue, it. Okay. Sue did the first one, I think. The Comedy Zone is a package show. How would you describe it? It's kind of a tricky show, It is it? difficult, yes. It's three acts and a compound, I think. So it's like trying to recreate a London club, but it's on quite late. In the, and, and usually in the cabaret bar, it used to be at the Pleasant, so it was quite a difficult gig. Yes, I found it, and I found it very hard. I'd only just got 20 minutes of stand-up, and it, it, a large part of it was a story about a squirrel biting my hand, which I admit didn't really have an ending. Um, and that was the year that I'd got paid 20 quid to get off um, by a guy who heckled from the back and said, I hate you so much, I'll give you 20 quid. Now, in that same year, a wart, I think, through stress began to develop on my forehead oh my and I thought God. it was a spot and then it got the appearance of like a collie a tiny cauliflower <laughs> yeah. with amazingly intricate like leaves on it like it was sort of beautiful but I was like mm, better grow a fringe um, and it got bigger and bigger and we were walking along and Anna Crilly who um, is a great actress and did stand up then um, we walked along and she said you've got a bee on your head and I said, no, it's a wart, because by that point I'd realised it wasn't a spot. Then Ed Weeks uh, said, you've got a bee on your head. And I was like, no, it's not a fucking bee. It's a wart that looks like a cauliflower. Um, anyway, so I ended up going to King's College Hospital, and it had to be uh, burnt off with acid. Right. So a guy put acid on a stick and, um, and deployed well, even it. The, even the doctors wouldn't touch it. It was that gross. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was a six foot long stick he'd got from his garden get out you're cursed um, and he said it's going to turn black it's going to look, look like a rice crispy and it's going to fall off and that is what happens so yeah. it 
died effectively, but yeah. it was still attached to my head. And I went and did this gig in Porth Call, um, which was a really hard gig if you were English, at, um, I have to admit. It was a nice audience, but they sometimes gave you a bit of a hard time. And I died horribly. Um, and Mark Olver was comparing. And uh, I sort of did my 20 minutes, and it was very unpleasurable for everyone involved and then I did a mock bow at the end and the wart fell off and it was like a metaphor for how bad the evening was so then Mark Oliver went back on and picked it up he touched it and he put it into a sherry glass and he auctioned it off so that something good had come of my trip to Wales I find it quite offensive that you think that's similar to a testicle. I have to say that that is in any way equal to the struggle I've been through, the, the cancer that I've had to endure this year. So very, I'm very offended by, by that story. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so those will be... By the time this goes out, those, the, your series, will they, is it, are you going to drop them all at once or are they going out weekly? The, the, uh, I can't the, remember. No. Our producer knows. He'll know. Uh, yeah. Ben? Three in the first week and then weekly. I just got... I, I, just, I, felt, I felt that. I felt that. <laughs> I can just communicate telepathically with him from anywhere in the world. You're a producer for some reason. Uh, we share a producer. Uh, that's very good. Well, I, I, it's, a, it's a strong recommend and you'll find out some stuff about me, apparently, that I, can't, I genuinely have no idea what... Really, that's I, the I can't good thing. Like, yeah, you can't remember. <laughs> and what was nice about the, uh, the, uh, the first series was obviously all recorded with an audience and you get the kind of audience involved and you get some great... It was just... That first one especially, just endless story after story, everything that was coming out. I don't know how much you record to get that, but it just felt like, you know... No, it was... Yeah, when the audience got involved, it was good. It was like yeah. Trisha <laughs> seeking a better... Um, I, may, I went on Trisha once and I... Um, did you? Yeah. <laughs> I did a play called Frog in Love in Norwich in 2003. Um, and I had never been on telly and I was like, I want to get on telly and I don't care what I'm doing. And Trisha is filmed, was, I guess, filmed in Norwich. So I made me, the frog and the rat go to Trisha. They're the other cast members, not my nicknames <laughs> for them. Um, that's what they played. And uh, we went and it was a reunion show. Anyway, it just reminds me they get the audience to talk in Trisha. And I talked in that Trisha show. Wow. I mean, if I'd known about that, that could have been what you were best known for. Oh, yes. Well, next one, I do the next one in eight years yeah, when I'm okay. 50, <laughs> you can say. Don't say 50. Like, I, I'm, I'm 54 by the time this goes out. I'm 54 years old. And that, Boris Johnson's just ruined the big birthday party that I had planned for my... That's a shame. Oh, no, really? No, I didn't, I didn't, okay. I didn't have a birthday. <laughs> I don't know, I was got a boat, I think... You know, my, my, actually, my last birthday was good. I went around, you know, it was slightly been relaxed, and we could go around to my in-laws, and we played Viking Cubs, which is like a game where you throw bits of wood at other bits of wood. Amazing. And it was one of the best birthdays I've had. I don't really, I, you know, I think when you get in your 50s, it's, you don't feel like celebrating. But I didn't even do anything for my 50th. Didn't you? No, I didn't. I really didn't feel like doing anything for my 50th. Yeah. Whereas I did for my 40th. Did you do anything for your 40 year old? Well, I was pregnant and I uh, couldn't tell anyone. So, okay. um, no, and then I was going to do something for my 41st and I had, I had a kid, a baby, so I didn't. Yeah. And then last year I was 42 and it was lockdown, so maybe this August. Yeah, I might. maybe. I don't know though, I don't know. I've never been a big party thrower. I like no. going to parties, but I hate feeling the responsibility for yeah, people it's having a lot. a good time. No, I, I've, yeah. I've enjoyed the enforced not 
being, having to socialise thing. I'm glad that we... Oh, I can't come to anything. And then now it's good. I've said this before, but once you've had cancer and people ask you to do stuff, you can go, oh, sorry, I've had cancer. And then they go, oh, God, I'm sorry for... Our... <laughs> like, people, I've got so many people asking me to do podcasts. And they go, the thing is, I've just had cancer. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. I'm <laughs> yeah. fine. I'm as I'm fear than I've ever been in my life. I just don't want to do your podcast. <laughs> But it's great you get that really. I, mean, I, can't, I don't know how long I can milk it for. I think, no, I think you can yeah. milk it forever now. I, mean, I, so. I, I had cancer 50 years ago. I still don't want to do your fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, that could be a podcast. How long can you milk the cancer <laughs> thing for? Well, I'm, good. I'm definitely going to milk it. I milked that bollock while it was here. I'm going to certainly milk it. <laughs> certainly milk it now. It's gone. I'm going to ask you some new emergency questions. I've got some new ones. I'm writing a new book of emergency questions. Okay. So I'm going to try out some of the new ones on you. Uh, even I don't remember what I've written here. I've just got a document here with the news. I'll come down the bottom and see what's down there. Um, oh, well, uh, yeah, let's try this one. This is, this, is, this is a... Would you rather be happy, grumpy, sleepy, bashful, sneezy, dopey, or some kind of unspecified doctor? Or lowercase. I'm not asking which dwarf you'd like to be. I'm asking which... <laughs> okay. Which of those... Not... Well, who would choose to be grumpy? Well, he's all right. Some people would. Yeah. Some people do choose to be grumpy. Yeah, they really do. They love it. Um, happy, grumpy, bashful. Bashful, sleepy, sneezy, dopey, or some kind of unspecified doctor. I think some kind of unspecified <laughs> yeah, doctor. I think that would be good. Yeah. And never specify what you can do. Oh, never. No. Okay. That was not a good question. Sort of well, no, I think it. No, I think. I mean, I'd be interested to see who chose sneezy. Because I think that's quite. A, a, I mean, if that was your main trait, if that was on your gravestone, yeah. you wouldn't have led a great life. They were sneezy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how sneezy got through. I did do a sketch years ago on As It Occurs to Me about the, the genuine names that they. If you go to Wikipedia, they have. They, they had about forty names that they considered. Oh, so how did didn't Sneezy got through? One of them was Titsy, which I think what I'd love to see tit, Titsy the dwarf. <laughs> I presume Titsy means something else, but I hope they they played a, just a, a Titsy dwarf. Why not? <laughs> uh, okay, how about this? Would you rather co-own a car with Jimmy Carr, a lorry with Laurie Anderson, or a van with Van Morrison? Wow, that's great. Okay. Um, okay. Well, I think Jimmy Carr would have a, gr- a very good car. Yeah. But I think he'd probably be using it a lot and I'd feel under pressure to keep it clean. <laughs> um, and our car has got moss growing on the... Our car's still like the kind of car that we had as stand-ups 15 years ago, right. even though we've got two kids now. It's got a flower and a blade of grass growing out of the windscreen, <laughs> nice. which have now been taken off because it went through a car wash. But the moss has not been taken off by the car wash and it's growing along every window. Yeah. And it got... It got burgled the other day. Someone went along the road and stole stuff from every car, and we only noticed about an hour into the journey. <laughs> like it's so messy. So I feel like Jimmy Carr and I wouldn't really no, co in a car out. very well. So a lorry with Laurie Anderson. I, I'm not a very confident driver. I don't think I'd like driving a lorry. Okay. I don't think the mirrors business would go down very well with me. So it would have to be. Um, the third one. The van with Van Morrison. Yeah, the van with Van Morrison. I reckon I could drive a van. I saw Van Morrison perform once at an outdoor venue in yeah. Cheshire. It was perfectly nice. He chooses to be grumpy though, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah. But then if I'm an unspecified doctor, maybe I could <laughs> cure him. <laughs> could cure him. <laughs> All right, I'll do one more and then we'll move back to proper questions. I'm just trying these out. We're just seeing how they go. Um, I'm sure there were some good ones. 
Let me see if I can find one of the good ones. I am, I've, I've wrote loads this week, didn't I? Oh, shit, I've got to do so many. I felt like, oh, this, this I, want, I want to really answer this question. Would you rather eat a full Christmas dinner for every meal every day or eat a medium-sized Easter egg every two hours for the rest of your life? Oh, my God. You'd have to finish the Christmas dinner each time. The amount of food on the plate would be ratified by an independent Christmas dinner expert <laughs> to be of an average Christmas dinner size, and they'd also determine what items were in the dinner. You'd still have to eat the Easter eggs at night time, so you would need to set your alarm to go off every two hours. <laughs> You would not be required to eat the sweets that come with the Easter egg, only the egg itself, but you could eat the sweets if you wanted. You'd be allowed to eat other food if you wished on the Easter egg option, but not on the Christmas dinner But not on the Christmas dinner option, okay. So that's Christmas dinner three times a day. Yeah. Um, I do love Christmas dinner. Yeah. Uh, I, but I I don't know, I think it might get a bit much weirdly yeah. um, <laughs> I think it definitely would insane. Yeah, yeah. it gets I, a bit much at Christmas doesn't yes, it yes it does after one go at it, <laughs> it um, Easter eggs I mean I look who, what girl doesn't love chocolate <laughs> um, but would I like to eat it every two hours I mean setting the alarm two hours every night reminds me of having to pump milk <laughs> yes. when I had newborns um, and I got to watch episodes then of box sets yep. so I mean, if I had to get up every two hours in the night, presumably I'd get a lie-in. I wouldn't have to do the morning with the kids. You'd have to get up every two hours in the... You would, you'd have, you'd oh, have yeah. to do the Easter eggs every two It's 12 Easter eggs a, a day. I mean, I'm talking that's, you know, that's the size. Medium size. Yeah, medium. Not the big ones. I'm not no, insane. No. Yeah. But also not the 99p ones. The ones that cost about... Three ninety nine. Yes, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah, where you get like um one small packet of like chocolate buttons inside. Yeah, them. yeah. Not a mug though. You Mugs probably wouldn't get a the, mug. Often yeah. the mug comes with a slightly smaller Easter egg because they feel that you're getting the value from the mug. Yeah, that's true. Um, I I think I'd go for the Easter egg. Okay, cool. Yeah. How long do you think you'd live? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, an either option really. I guess, how long would you live with a Christmas dinner? Well, Christmas dinner you'd put on weight, I imagine. Yeah. But you don't getting... fill your wood with the 12 Easter eggs a day. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, 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 you would. But with Christmas dinner, you'd be getting lots of fruit and veg. Probably you've got Brussels sprouts, carrots, peas. Do you have with your Christmas dinner? Sometimes? Not peas for Christmas dinner. Okay, carrots, parsnips, though, carrots, parsnips. Uh, lots of different types of potato. Cauliflower? Okay, let's, this is a good game. Broccoli? <laughs> no broccoli. Okay. Um, we have broccoli sometimes. Cranberry sauce? Oh, no, I don't like cranberry sauce. Okay. Yeah, this ratified by the independent... The ratified guy would yeah. definitely put... That is in. that you? That, that <laughs> it's, person? No, it's not me. We're yeah. independent. Okay. I'm not a Christmas dinner expert. I can't even think of all the things that go into it right now. Um, turkey? Yeah. 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 But you'd, get, you'd be getting at least, I'd say, four or five veg... I know fruit every yeah. day. Yeah. I reckon you'd live forever. Yeah, yeah. I think it's healthier um, than the Easter eggs. <laughs> Easter eggs, you'd be getting no fruit or veg, no protein apart from the milk in the chocolate. I reckon you'd live for maybe a year and a half. Yeah. yeah. My kids would definitely go for them. My kids would happily eat chocolate all the time. I wonder oh how God, long it would take even too. the child to go, this is too much. I, I think a really long time. <laughs> a really yeah. long time. <laughs> A really long time. Right, let's get back to talking about you. Uh, you have a new novel out. Let's talk about that, which will be out again, hopefully, around about the same time as this podcast goes out. So if you're listening at home, uh, go and check wherever you get your books from. And if you're listening in the audience, you can pre order stuff. It's out there to get. It's very good. I've been reading it. It's called Jane is Trying. 
It's, it's, it's not really about you. It feels like, like from the cover, I don't know if the cover's the cover. It looks like you on it the cover. It looks like me, upside down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, but she's got red hair. Yeah. Yeah. But I the, know. I think they might have based, the cover designer might have done it from a photo of me, but no, it's not about me. We've no. got a few things in common, but yeah. no, it's not. It's not about me. Um, so was that a deliberate choice to go away? Because you've obviously done autobiographical uh, biographical shows and yeah, like and the I last did, book. The first book was about my 20s, wasn't it? And kind yeah. of about like all the escapades I got up to and lots of like sex and lots of making penguins and stuff. And then I met my partner and settled down and had kids. And then he was like, oh, you don't mention me in the first book. And I said, oh, that's because I'm going to write a second book about you and how happy I am. And then I realised that it's really boring to read about people being happy. Um, and there's no jeopardy. Uh, you know, yeah. the biggest jeopardy now is like, who's going to take the bins out? So I think that's why it's, it gets harder to write stand-up as you get older, because you're kind of doing less kind of fun stuff in a sense so uh yeah i thought and actually it really appealed to me writing a novel and i preferred it uh although it was harder um because the other thing about writing about real people is like with the first book there were a lot of things where i thought would this person be upset if they read this and sometimes i had to change their name and then with a novel you can basically put real people in it but change their gender or their name and then be like they had a big mustache (laughs) jenny will never guess it was her Um, and then put in um real stuff so i liked that it's very good thank you it's very funny (laughs) can i use that you can (laughs) you can put this on it's very good (laughs) it's very good it's no it's 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 like a proper book you know and as a comedian and we've gigged together you kind of think you know we're just comedians we're just messing around i mean i know you've always had this ability to write you write very poetic stand-up really as well but you've also done these radio shows and stuff but it you know it's a it's a proper novel but it's also unusually for a novel properly the jokes in it are properly funny and the you know make you laugh properly which isn't very usual for novels I have to say, even ones that think they're funny. So it's, it's a very, very enjoyable read. Um, so it's about a, a woman going back to leaving a cheating partner, partner to go back to live with her parents. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't want to give too much away. There's some nice twists and stuff in it, so I don't want to give any, too much away. But um, what, what, so that is, she's going back to sort of where you grew up, though, right? Yeah, she's going less. back to a place like Matlock, where yeah. I'm from in the Peak District. But I changed it. At one point, I was saying it's near, like, Stafford. And then Ellis just said, just make it near Matlock. Like, Ruth Jones doesn't write about Bristol. She writes about Wales. Like, kind of... It's that weird thing where I was trying to come away from the thing that I think I probably write best, which is that small-town stuff that goes on. And so I have made it a slightly different place. It's a kind of mixture of Matlock and a place near it. Um, And she gets a job in a bookshop. And she's quite snobby, really, isn't she, about going back from London to this... Uh, this small town and her parents are very overprotective which mine my dad isn't with us anymore but my mum they're not really it was really fun to write these parents who were like always making her do stuff and well but it's that interesting thing i think of of that idea of of going back home and feeling like that's a failure because it's a backward step in a way but also then obviously there's people who she knows who stayed in that same place the whole time, which yeah. is uh, when I, in my sick, my Radio 4 sitcom, my, it's, a, it's a sort of similar thing. My sister 
has lived almost next door to my parents nearly a whole life. She doesn't anymore, but near, pretty much just around the corner. And I've been out, you know, and you go back and you're kind of, you know, trying to work out which is the, the better life, really, because it's not all, you know, the, the escaping isn't always... Uh, happy which no. isn't in this case and also i think so many people in the past year have started thinking about moving away from london or yeah. where they've been living so it feels a, yeah it feels a bit more pertinent i suppose because of that which wasn't intentional because i started it long before covid right. long before sure. it's taken about four years really right um, i mean it's yeah. hard writing books right i mean it's it's Unless yeah, you've... I think what's hard as well is you get your deadline and then it's kind of arbitrary, really, or it has <laughs> always been to me. Um, I don't know if the publisher would feel the same. <laughs> 18 years later, can we have our fucking advance back? Um, but, like, other stuff comes in, doesn't it? Yeah. And you go, oh, God, I'll do it next week, so I've got to do this thing now. So, actually, in a way, having my second child was a reason for me to finish it because I thought this is a good time to write because I can't really... I'm going to take a bit of time off and then I'm going to take things a bit more easy than I did with my first kid sure. work-wise. So, yeah. Cool. yeah. Well, it's, 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 it's very good. And I hope you're going to... If, you, if you're writing more, if, they, if you already got Hopefully, some... Hopefully, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think we'll have to see how this one goes with Ryan, um, who are the publishers. And then I have, got, I have got an idea for a young adult book, so I need to... I think it's probably a good idea to start thinking about the next book before I promote this one. Right. Do you know what I mean? I do. My mum always said that to me with relationships. She was like, before you finish the relationship, I mean, it's so presumptuous to think I'd be the one. Darling, before you finish the relationship, always have the next one lined up. <laughs> like, that was always, always genuinely her advice. Right. Like, don't kind of have all your eggs in one basket. So I kind of think that's good with work stuff, not to just be focused on one thing. So I think hopefully while I'm promoting this in July... Yeah. I'll be thinking about the next thing. I've yeah. sort of felt this year that write, you know, I, but I sort of hate writing. I mean, I've got to write, I'm writing, I have got to write a couple of books. But there's a part of me thinks that would be a, quite a nice way just to sort of see out however long's left, just to sit at home and write books. What, I'm, you mean for the rest of your life? Yeah. Like, the thing is, though, do you, ima- do you do this thing that I do where you imagine, when you imagine yourself writing, you imagine yourself at a rusty old typewriter <laughs> gazing out on a snowy scene. But then the, actual, the actuality is that you've maybe snatched an hour while the kids <laughs> yeah. are fighting in the living room and you've got to bang out a thousand words in 20 minutes. That was yeah. what I found. Yeah, well, I'm very bad at sitting down on the chair. Once I'm sitting down on the chair and I'm stuck to the chair... I don't, I, maybe I should try literally sticking myself to the chair. Then I'm quite. Then I am quite good. But it, the, it's it's all the waiting around trying to get to the chair that I that I find difficult. So, Everyone does definitely. Yeah. yeah. It, but then, the you know that the impetus of the deadline sort of works for me. Though I agree with books, it is a bit elastic. Yeah. It's more elastic. I guess when you're writing TV scripts and radio scripts, there's usually a broadcast date, or there's people waiting for the scripts. Yeah. to do their part of the job <laughs> so you've kind of got to be a bit better with those though yeah. not everyone is um, I want to talk about Matlock did you ever see Simon Groom around in Matlock? Is Simon Groom from Blue Peter? Yeah. No, no but I know that he's from there Yeah. no the most famous person I ever saw in Matlock was we saw Take That Right. they came to play Matlock Bath Illuminations Roadshow okay. um, in 1991 or 1991. Yeah. And um, I didn't really understand. I thought they were kind of buskers because the only other live music that I'd seen was busking in Derby. So when they'd <laughs> finished, and Jason Orange leant on an amp and sang a song 
to me, okay. just looking at me. I think, yeah, it was weird. You just yeah. picked me out of the crowd. And so to say thank you at the end, I took the pound coin out of my pocket that my dad had given me for chips and threw it at his head. Like to, but I didn't mean for it to hit him on the head. It yeah. was like me thinking, oh, you know, they've come all the way out here it's from Stoke yeah. to do this gig. I've got to say thank you. And he looked really surprised that someone had thrown a pound at him. That's probably why he left. That's why he's, he's not in take that anymore, is he? Probably, yeah. It was probably that pound incident. I'm not, why if I get a pound thrown at me again? <laughs> Oh. Poor old Jason Orange. It's better to throw notes, isn't it, than coins? Yeah, I think to take that, probably don't give them any cash. <laughs> I, think they, I think to them, getting cash is probably an insult. If people start throwing money... Actually, no, I'd be happy if people start throwing... I was going to say... Yeah, it, that'd be great. It would be really good. Better than knickers or, you know, what do people throw at bands or knickers, bras? Yeah. That's I mean, I'd it. take those. I mean, not so yeah. much from this lot. I, when I was in bands, like when I was, I was in so many bands when I was at school. Yeah. My, one of my first live gigs, we got lit fags and full cans of beer thrown at us. <laughs> we were so bad. <laughs> All the audience was so mean. Yeah. Oh, it's still nice to get beer. You know. Yeah, exactly. They were throwing, maybe they wanted to give us beer. Yeah. And be fags. Yeah. yeah. They just didn't know how to react like you were. <laughs> take, take that. What is the naughtiest thing you did in Hall Lays Park? In Matlock, that is, for people who aren't from Matlock. Oh, um, I, I think it's probably... Yeah, it's jumping off the bridge. Okay. Yeah. Into, I jumped into off, some water? I jumped or? off the bridge into some water. I was going across the bridge. There are two bridges in Hallleys Park. Yeah. I jumped off the one that is less high. <laughs> but it's still pretty high. It's about as high as this balcony. Um, Oh, it's high. Yes. For people uh, at home, that's quite, imagine something quite high. I think we've got it. And we were walking along and I was, and I was one of those kids that if people say jump, I say how high and they say off a bridge. <laughs> um, and it was raining and my friend said that her brother had jumped into the river from the bridge the other day and swum around and it was really cool. Right. Um, and because um, it was raining, the river looked a lot deeper and it wasn't. So... I sat on the top of the bridge for a bit and everyone said, go on, do it, do it, do it, do it. And so I jumped and I had bright red hair, then died. And I landed with my foot at right angles to my ankle, my left foot, and broke broke the ankle immediately. Um, Because my hair was red and it was raining and I'd landed in the water, my hair was all in my eyes. And I was like, my eyes are bleeding. Like, <laughs> I can only see blood. And then someone said, your hair's in your eyes. And then I was so relieved that my eyes weren't bleeding. I sort of tried to walk on the ankle because I was so full of adrenaline. And then it became clear. And oh someone God. wheeled me home on their skateboard. And then my mum went absolutely crazy. Um, yeah. And I had to be in plaster for a while. And then I lay on the sofa and watched Wimbledon for a whole summer because it happened at the beginning of summer. And then I wanted to be a tennis player. And I berated my parents for not recognising my talents as a tennis player <laughs> earlier. Um, but really all I did was, I don't know if you did this as well when you were younger, but all I did was plan out how I'd be really funny on the tennis court. <laughs> like none of the actual moves. And then I went with my friend and played and it was shit. And I was shit. And I was like, oh, I don't want to be a tennis player anymore. <laughs> it's a very short-lived change of ambition. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Wow. That was a good question. I must ask that to everyone. You might What's be... the naughtiest thing you've done in Hall? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did a lot of naughty things in that part. I bet you but, did. That's yeah. what I thought. I just think it's... 
I don't, there was a, we, there was the there was Cheddar Gorge in Cheddar where we did fairly naughty things, but I was never very naughty. Yeah, we drank cider and um, and now I, when it got really naughty, I was too scared to go. I was a very and you know a very cautious and goody goody. Yes, yeah, so you remember you saying that on on my podcast yeah. that you were actually yeah you were kind of. Well, like the, they, they, my friends all came, I'm going to dob them in now. They all came up with the idea. There was a wishing well in up the gorge with like people would throw money into it, like it, but it wasn't like an official thing. It just had loads of coins at the bottom, and they came up with the idea of going there one night and just diving in and getting loads of the coins. And I said I I wouldn't do it because I was scared of getting caught and dying. I think not for any yeah, reason. That's totally that we were, fair enough. That we were, we were stealing from charity, but they they did. They nearly got caught. I think they got like about. 50p each out there what? but uh, so they would they would do naughty things but i was i when it got too naughty if it was silly i would do it but yes but if my, dad, was... my dad was my headmaster i had to behave yeah but i was a i was a very square kid i didn't take drugs we drank that's all we did we drank from a young age there was a lot of teenage drinking in matlock oh god yeah yeah yeah. I imagine Matlock's you know, taking lots of drugs or people would take lots of drugs yeah. in all yeah. these parts. It's a sort of, because there's not much to do. Yeah. But I imagine it's the same. I think it was yeah. the same in Chad. I was just too... You were just on the outside too, too of it. too square. Yeah, no, lots of that. And, um, but it's sort of very hippie-ish, creative place. Like, it was a good, really good place to grow up. Yeah, lots of magic mushrooms growing in nearby fields and yeah. stuff. Yeah, I mean, there was loads of that. Yeah. There was loads of that. I don't know. I don't know how I avoided drugs until my mid-30s. You made up for it. Didn't really. <laughs> didn't, I never really fancied drugs, and then I just I had some in the end just to see. They still didn't like it very much. Yeah. Well, good for you. Good for me. Um, don't take drugs, kids. You, you, you guys there, worried about you too. Um, according to the Wet Net Worth website on the internet, have you seen these Net Worth? Oh, websites? Net Worth, yeah. Now, it's interesting. They they hedge their bets. They obviously don't know who most people are, and most people get the same basic income a guess of their income which is usually quite wrong but what's interesting about yours i found 2019 and 2020 uh and it says in 2019 your net worth was fifty thousand dollars to two million dollars okay <laughs> and in 2020 though it was a hundred thousand dollars to five million dollars what happened in 2020 <laughs> to double your, in- your income definitely doubled during the pandemic <laughs> Were you a friend of Matt Hancock? And you said, what happened? You, you could have up to $5 million, American dollars. How did it know? That's <laughs> um, so hedging your bets. I love it. 50K to 2 million. I That's love like, it. Yeah. I love it. Um, no, I'm not a secret friend of Matt Hancock. No. I've never met him. Did you have a good 2020 financially speaking? I did some voiceovers, but right. they only kept me ticking over. I was very grateful. did them from the wardrobe, told Ellis to fuck off on a Zoom call in front of loads of people from an ad agency <laughs> while I was true. <laughs> you know, at the beginning of... Did anyone else... Uh, people must identify with this. You know, at the beginning when it was like everyone was suddenly working from home and all these things that you realised that you relied on, like technology for us, were just gone. Yeah. And I, I'm so bad with technology. I'm awful. And the work, I actually think I might go on a course at the library of how to... Like, I'm not joking. I didn't know until reasonably recently that you could have more than one computer tab open. I used to put the new address into the one page <laughs> every time. I mean, I am awful and I panic and get stressed really easily. And I had to do this voiceover from under the ironing board, covered in a duvet, with both kids in, both crying... 
And uh, Ellis was trying to teach me how to use this mic. And in front of loads of people from the ad agency on Zoom, I told him to fuck off. Um, and then, then, then I had to get him back because I didn't know how to work the mic. So, um, but luckily they, they used me again. So, yeah, but no, I, I mean, I'm sorry to say that the voiceovers did not amount to that okay. much of a, do you think of a you gain. Earned, do you think you earned between 100,000 US dollars and 5 million? Or do you think... You, no, no, no. What is net worth, though? Is net worth... That's not how much you earn, that's how much you've got. I think net that's worth if you is sold probably how everything. much you've got if you sold everything, the value of your house yeah. and... Uh, you've got 100k, American, well, American US what's dollars. dollars. I mean, it's about the same now, thanks to Brexit, but, you oh, know, okay. it's... So have I got 100k if I include our if house? If you sold yes. your house and, yeah. you know, the, the kids' organs and stuff, <laughs> and your own organs, but go for the kids first. Um, uh, yes, we've yeah. got, yeah. So it's yeah. right. Yes, it, yes, it's correct. Or is it? Or do you, would you say you've got over five million US dollars? No, I would not say okay, that. Okay, so it's right. Yeah. So we can trust those. <laughs> that Vegas. They've got between naught and 5,000 billion pounds. <laughs> I like the way they put in little, they try to put in little facts to make them it look like, and some of them yeah, just go, do. don't know. Don't know how tall they are or how old they are. Anyway, yeah. It's there. It's there. It's there. Um, how did you get on in House of Games and Pointless Celebrities? I'd like to know. because I House of Games I really enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, I found it really funny that it's all filmed in one day and you have to take a massive suitcase of clothes. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, it was in... It was in the mid, the, no, it was not in Glasgow. It was in London. Okay. Um, it was in the middle of lockdown and we weren't like allowed to touch each other at all. So, like, that sounds dodgy. Um, <laughs> uh, but, like, so there was no hair and makeup and I realised how reliant I am on the other other people to sort of do my makeup when yeah. I appear on telly and so that was weird because I was like I remember saying at one point to the makeup lady shall I just do this thing to my hair shall I tip my head upside down and she was like no 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 <laughs> um, but yeah I, I really like doing that pointless celebrities uh, yes I think that's did, the second time I've, I've done it have you won um, did you win Are we and we got to the I can't remember okay we got we I think we did I did I did it once with Alex Horn and I think we got knocked out immediately what you and Alex Horn yeah was it your fault? Uh, it was a joint F, a, okay. jo- a joint loss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, good. Uh, and um, we haven't got too much longer, but there's a lot to talk about. Uh, so I'm going to talk about how my, well, because since I've seen you, you've done loads of stuff. You did Man Down. You did the last series of Man Down. Was did you ever work with Luke Skywalker on that? No, no. Stephen Burkoff. Yeah, there were some good big names. Yeah. I mean, I mean but even in Peep Show, I mean, not even in Peep Show, but people have gone on to win Oscars and stuff from <laughs> Peep Show. Yeah. So you've worked with some yeah. pretty important names. How did you find a man down? Oh, I really loved it, but yeah. I know Greg, like, yeah, I know Greg, or, or, I suppose, already, yeah. and was Mike Wozniak, but yeah, I really liked it. I sort of always forget how tall Greg is, don't yeah, you? Yeah, he's very yeah. tall. How, when you stand next to him, do you have to look up? Well, to... there's a photo, that, and we just put this podcast back up. There's the photo from the dressing room of me and him, and everyone says, yeah, you must be sitting down, and I'm genuinely not sitting down. He's, uh, <laughs> he's over a foot taller than I am. Yeah, it's... Um... And it looks, like, ridiculous, but it looks like he's ten feet taller than I am in the photo. There's Maybe a, I am sitting down. There's a great photo of him and Lucy Porter online. Yeah. <laughs> if you Google Greg Davis, Lucy Porter, I think she's literally maybe, like, a, a third of the size of him. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, it was it was really really fun, yeah. and the director's lovely, and like it's a, I haven't got anything bad or gossipy to say about that show. Yeah, 
It's a shame that it's not come back. I know, they left it on a cliffhanger with him in prison. Right. Um, And I thought, oh, it must mean it's coming back, but... I don't know. Well, maybe it will come back. I mean, he's, yeah, quite, he's quite busy. He's very busy. I mean, you're quite busy yeah. as well. You did Damned with Joe Brand. Yeah. Which I think I saw a kind of Kevin Eldon, the actor Kevin Eldon's in that, and lots of people. Yeah. But that did that, did that only get one series? It got two. Did it? Yeah. Um, and then I don't know if that'll go... I don't think that'll go again. No. But, um, when things get cancelled, you always get that thing, don't you, where everyone's like, we're going to fight, we're going to send it to, we're going to take it to HBO, and then it kind of, yeah. I mean, I think the problem is that these, there's so many shows now, there's, there's so many sitcoms, and it's so hard to get that impetus going to carry on, because I think like even 10, maybe 20 years ago, there'd be a, there'd be a few, and you would get, yeah. you'd be given a couple of series, and then maybe given another one as a, as, you know, now it feels like, there's so many things. There'll just be a new one, new one, new they'll one. They'll move they don't, on. They, they'll but move you'd on think because thing. there are more channels that, people, that things would get more of a chance, but it actually has the opposite effect. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. And not enough people are seeing it. And you're also in a Wallace and Gromit video game, right? Yeah, it's like an interactive <laughs> phone app. I love yeah. the way you said that to me. You're also in But a, you're, not, yeah. you're not in one of the... Because I, <laughs> no. I think you could be in a Wallace and Gromit film with you as a live-action puppet. I'd, oh, my God, I'd love that. Don't you think so? Yeah. I think you look quite... You look like you belong in the Wallace and... I mean, this Thanks. is a great compliment. <laughs> I, I think you, I could see you acting alongside puppets, and it's not like you're live-action, it's you're one of the puppets. Do you mean like me, like I'm a puppet, or do you mean like me appearing as me? I mean you as you being, <laughs> being a puppet. But like playing a puppet, or like someone makes a puppet of me. No, you are the puppet. Everyone, all the rest is puppets and stop frame animation, and you uh, you could just and act. Me just like yeah, yeah. I'd I love think you look that. quite. You look quite Wallace. You could fit yeah. into Wallace and Gromit universe. That's the nicest that's thing you've ever insult. said to me. If that's an insult. What is Gromit like in real life? Well, I, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I did my lines in a studio oh, alone. Yeah. And he doesn't um, speak. He doesn't speak. Yeah, so you didn't get to Yeah, he was next to, to me, him. but he, yeah. <laughs> they, they, were, they were very nice. Yeah. All, all the people involved in that. Yeah, but they're a lovely, I mean, we've had Peter Lord on, uh, on the show, and because and they're Bristol guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been down there quite a lot. I know quite a lot of the guys there. Still, I haven't been, even been in a fucking video. I haven't even been in one of their stupid adverts. A load of pricks. I got given a free morph. That's the only thing that's happened to me, and then it fell apart. And so you've had cancer. And I've had cancer, and they still haven't. The last time I saw Peter Lord, he said, "You've got such an interesting voice. You should, you should do. You'd be great to be in one of our films." I went, "Yeah, that's yeah." What a what a lovely observation, Peter. Do you want to follow up on that? <laughs> Fucking prick. I'd like, but it's not, that's, that's an exciting thing to be involved in. Oh, I loved it. And actually, the, so I am a, um, they've made a, what, so you might be able to tell I'm really bad with technology, but what are they called, the things that they are? Are they, are, are they puppets? Or <laughs> they they are, well, they're stop frame animation yeah. figurines, I guess, but I think puppets is fine, yeah. They made a puppet of, so Lily, which is the character that I play, it really looks like me, yeah. and it sort of made me realise that, yeah, you're perhaps right. Um, <laughs> You've got just quite a Wallace and Gromit mouth, I think. I think that's yeah. all it is, just like... And also, I can do, like... You know, in the era of putting matches out in my mouth, yeah. there were loads of things that I used to do to, like, test guys to see if they still fancied me <laughs> after I did... Like, the matches thing, actually, was a, like... 
a cool thing to do, not a test. But stuff like I can make, I could at one point make myself have eight double chins. Um, <laughs> and I can try and do it now if you want. Yes. I feel like it's quite Wallace and Gromity. Um, I don't know if it'll be eight, but this is what I used to do. <laughs> Good. Thanks. Yeah, that's why I think they could have saved some money. Yeah. Because the thing, the stop frame animation is really expensive. If they just got people to be in it, exactly. they just find cartoonish looking people <laughs> They're really and a weird the dog. Trick. Yeah. Then they wouldn't have to spend all the time going. <laughs> <laughs> idiots. They're idiots in many ways. And you can do it just on a computer really quickly now. I don't know what's wrong with these guys. <laughs> and famously, dogs will do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Stay still. Can I take a photo now? But just move your ear quizzically. <laughs> be good uh, well that's very exciting so is that game is that game out that's no, out have yeah. you played like, it um, yes it's an interactive it's very cool like yeah. my um, my allergy to technology means that I don't understand some of it but I think it's probably really understandable to people who use these interactive apps but it's a bit like kind of a little bit like um, Pokemon you have to look for things you have to solve a mystery and, okay. yeah good Great. we're going to look out for that right yeah. well look um, you've got the book coming up Jane is trying you've got the podcast the things we do for love is there anything? Are you, well, you were going to go back to stand up in 2020, which was a, a poor time to make that decision, as it turned out. Yes, I did like three gigs, <laughs> yeah. and then COVID happened. Um, yeah, I will. I will. I think I'll write a new show. Sure. Yes, I will. I really, really miss it. Yes. Yes. Well, it's yes. good that because I think it, it, it can be. You can get distracted by other things, and you're so successful in everything you do, and you do all these different things, and you are a great. You're always just such. I mean, we gigged a lot together in the mid 2000s, yeah, like did. a lot, and yeah. it was always interesting and, and and funny. And sometimes, as you say, <laughs> the audience didn't get it, and it, that was even better. Oh, they were the best nights. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you were. There was always something. It was you know. There's some people you see and you go, okay, yeah, yeah. There's nothing there. Like I was, we were t- I was talking about that. The guy who was. Um, there's this guy complaining on Chortle recently about how he'd lost work because he was a white, oh, able-bodied, yeah, yeah. heterosexual man and that had lost him work. And you kind of go, you know, there's a lot of guys, you know, if you think that you should be losing work because there's a lot of guys doing the same sort of thing. Uh, and if you are a white, able-bodied, heterosexual man, you have to find the thing, that makes, you, thing that, makes that makes you, you bookable because so, no one wants to see a whole, a whole night of that anymore, which they did in the past. Um, yeah. But, you know, that it was always quirky and, and you know, it was always going to be a, diff- a different thing. So I'd be very, will you, is it going to be sort of storytelling you're going back to, do you think, or is it... Maybe. I did have an idea about... You know when you scribble an idea down and then you read it the next day and you're like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> there were two signs next to each other in Beckenham Place car park, which is a park near me, and one was that a ring had been lost, and another was that a ring had been found. <laughs> and I thought it was lovely. Um, and um, basically the idea was something um, coming off the back of yes. that and me. What I quite like doing is working from one small thing like that and then working outwards. Starting with something that's happened and then kind of embroidering it sure yeah 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 well that sounds brilliant is there anything else i mean there's enough there to begin there's something that i'm filming at the moment but i don't know if i can really say anything about it but um that'll be out (laughs) i think what that'll be out next year um but i'll tweet about it when i can is it uh is it a tv thing or a yeah it's a tv thing is it a new series of peep show No. Okay. Is it oh, the new series? The thing is, we'll all get so is old it? to do peep show. You know, 
like, you know, imagine if in 10 years they said, okay, you can have another series of Peep Show. We were, we'd just all be taking heart tablets, wouldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> Moaning about millennials. Yeah. And Olivia Coleman would be swanning She'd, around. We'd get her back for maybe one scene, wouldn't we? <laughs> she'd have someone else playing her in shot from behind the whole time. Then she'd come in for, yeah. Oh, well, good. Well, we'll watch out for that. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a massive round of applause to the wonderful Izzy City. Thank you very much. Come back next week. We'll be here with no such thing as a fish. Thank you very much. See you in a bit. You have been listening to Hullastapa with me, Rich Herring, and my guest, Izzy Sooty. The music is by Scant Regard. I am indebted to my producer, Ben Walker. I am indebted to my friend, director and all-round good guy, Chris Evans. Not that one. That, one. that one's not a good guy, is he? He's not, not the other one. The other one is a good guy. You know who I'm talking about. Uh, research is by Kathleen McKeegan at Mahalastapa.com. And this is a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFasterStrike.com production. Go to GoFasterStrike.com slash badges to become a monthly badger. Get all kinds of benefits and bonus material to enjoy and lots of privileges for your three pounds a month. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thanks again for listening to the podcast, richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs for all of the information on the tour. GoFasterStripe.com for lots of downloads and books and lots of fun. Thanks for listening. Go and listen to another one. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the tour. I love you all. I'm out.